Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Today you'll hear me say this for the last time, for a while at least. It's Thursday night, the night of the Last Supper, the night Jesus would be arrested. I've said this so many times, y'all could probably say it for me, couldn't you? The night Jesus would be arrested, taken to Golgotha, hung on the cross. Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room, you know that, and they're sitting around the table talking. And by this time, Judas has left to go sell out Jesus. Only 11 remain. And Jesus is telling his disciples, he's leaving them, but they can't come now. And their hearts are broken. Are you listening? And they're troubled and distraught and torn apart. And Jesus said twice, did y'all get that in this study? Jesus has said it twice, stop letting your hearts be troubled. And the reason their hearts are broken and the reason their hearts are troubled because they gave up everything to follow Jesus for three years. They had given up their lives to Jesus. They followed him around the shores of Galilee, all the way to the cross. They said goodbye to their former lives. They said goodbye to their families and their friends. They said goodbye to their former religion, and they stepped out on an island. The island was Jesus. And now it seems like the island is sinking. Now, if you've been with us over the last several six to eight weeks, we've been talking about how Jesus leaving would affect the disciples. Remember, we were talking about how Jesus leaving would affect the disciples, and Jesus was giving the disciples promises to comfort them and blessings uh, to comfort them. So we've been talking about how Jesus leaving would affect the disciples. Well, this morning or this afternoon, I want to talk to you about how Jesus leaving would affect Jesus. How Jesus leaving would affect Jesus or what Jesus leaving means to Jesus, what the cross meant for Jesus. Got a pen? Four things. The cross meant his person would be dignified. We'll talk about that in verse 28. Write these down. The cross meant the truth would be documented. And we'll talk about that in verse 29. Thirdly, the cross meant Jesus' enemies would be defeated. We'll find that in verse 30. And then finally, we'll talk about the cross meant Jesus' love would be demonstrated in verse 31. The cross meant that his person would be dignified. The truth would be documented. His enemies would be defeated. And his love would be demonstrated. The cross meant, y'all come on, read it with me. Y'all too quiet. The cross meant his person would be dignified. Y'all come on, read it with me. It's on the screen, is it not? Yes, it is. Okay, come on, read it with me. 
The cross meant his person would be dignified. The cross meant the truth would be documented. The cross meant that Jesus' enemies would be defeated. And the cross meant that Jesus' love would be demonstrated. My sermon title, What Jesus' Death Meant. John chapter 14, saints. We'll actually pick up in verse 25, but actually we start at verse 28. But I like verse 25 so much. Let's read that. Start right there. We'll get it in context. John chapter 14, verse 25. If you're looking at verse 25, say amen. Amen. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, verse 26. Can y'all read this with me? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You have heard me say in verse 28 to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, underline that, I told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. If you've been with us over the last several weeks, you know that we've been talking about the five supernatural promises of God. Did y'all write these down? The five supernatural promises of God that Jesus left the disciples to comfort us and to comfort the disciples. And if you have them written down, I want you to say them with me. Or maybe you have them committed to memory. Why y'all laughing? You have them committed to memory. First of all, five supernatural promises. He promises y'all. I hear the pages turning because y'all looking for it, right? All right, then come on, say it with me. He promises a supernatural helper. He promises a supernatural life. He promises a supernatural union. He promises a supernatural teacher. And he promises a supernatural peace. We talked about all of these. And the supernatural helper is the Holy Spirit. The supernatural life is imparted and given to us by the Spirit. The supernatural union places us in the body of Christ by the Spirit. The supernatural teacher is the Holy Spirit teaching and bringing to remembrance all things that he said. We just read that, didn't we? The supernatural peace. Were you with me last week? If you were with me last week, raise your hand. Were you with me last week? Okay, that's a good number of you and a good number that were not. Well, last week we talked about a supernatural peace with God. We talked about two peace that we experience with God, two types of peace. We talked about peace with God, and that's Anyone can make their peace with God. That's when you come into a right relationship with God. And then we talked about the peace of God that every believer is promised to experience. Peace with God and then the peace of God. All of this is wrapped up in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus wants us and the disciples to understand he is leaving us a legacy of supernatural help. And we'll receive this legacy. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. We'll receive this legacy at that day. You see that? And at that day refers to what, saints? 
The day of Pentecost, very, very good. The day of Pentecost, at that day, the whole legacy is tied up with the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Point number one, the cross meant his person would be dignified in verse 28. Look at verse 28 again. Jesus said, you have heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice. Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. Look at verse 18 of chapter 14. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you orphanos, orphans. I will come to you. The only thing the disciples could hear was that Jesus said he was leaving. That's all they could hear. They're sad. They're discouraged. They're worried. They're anxious. Because Jesus is talking about leaving. And again, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart continue to be troubled. He said that twice, again, because fear and worry and anxiety are not in keeping with peace. That he would leave to them. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to the Father. If you knew what that meant, you wouldn't be troubled. You would rejoice. I want you to look at verse 28 again. You've heard me say to you. I'm going away and coming back to you if you love me. You would rejoice because I said, I'm going to my father. Now look at me, saints. We have to understand that the disciples were real men. Uh, they were normal guys. Uh, they, were, they were normal blue-collar, everyday guys. I think a lot of times we think the disciples were um, holier than, 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 than we are. They were different than we are. Uh, I grew up in Catholic school. And uh, I remember seeing disciples in stained glass windows. And that's all I remember of disciples. And because they were in stained glass windows, I thought that they were more holy then because they were in stained glass windows. I mean, if you're in a stained glass window, that must mean you're holy. I mean, when, when's the last time you've been in a stained glass window? Makes sense to me. If you're in a stained glass window, that must mean you're like otherworldly. You're like holy or something. So... And we get that impression oftentimes that the disciples were more holy than we are. But, but the disciples, listen, guys, they were blue-collar workers. They were normal guys. They were men with feelings and emotions. And honestly, listen, right here, they're being a little selfish here. And they're wanting Jesus to stay with them. And I completely understand that, and so do you. When somebody you love is leaving, or somebody you love, just a hair, somebody you love is sick, or somebody you love is leaving or passing away is difficult, isn't it? Just this past week, I was in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and uh, I was uh, officiating a funeral for a lady. Uh, her name was Dorothy Mix. Pastor Matt and I were there. And um, Dorothy Mix, Dor Dorothy and Roger Mix, and Dorothy was a sweet lady. I mean, most of you don't remember them because they were here many years ago, and then they moved to Jacksonville for, for whatever reasons. I'm not sure. And, uh, but they were sweet, sweet, sweet people, and she got cancer. And they were kind enough, and I felt a real honor and a real privilege for them to get in their car, make an appointment with me, get in their car, and come all the way down here to tell me that she had cancer. And we talked and we prayed. And um, just about two weeks ago, 
I just felt from the Spirit. You know, people talk about being led by the Spirit. And to some people, being led by the Spirit means a lot of different things. I will tell you to be led by the Spirit means to do what the Spirit tells you to do. If the Spirit tells you to pick up the phone and call somebody, pick up the phone and call them. That's what being led by the Spirit means. Somebody, the Spirit tells you, hey, put, put a card in the mail to somebody. That's being led by the Spirit. So the Spirit, I felt like the Spirit of God told me to go see her. So I had my son and my son-in-law drive me down to Jacksonville, and we went and spent some time with her, and, and, uh, and uh, we prayed together. And then I left, and of course it was difficult for her, difficult for the family, difficult for the friends. For more than a year to watch her, it was a year, year and a half, she was sick, and she continued to, you know, cancer is awful. And I've seen all the stages of cancer. I've seen it go, I've seen it bad, and I've seen it horrible, where it literally just takes over your body and does horrible things to your body, and Cancer is a very horrible thing. And so we went to see her, and it's difficult on her and difficult for the friends and difficult for the family to watch her that way for more than a year. And I tried to encourage that family that we have got to listen. Here's where I'm going with this, y'all. We have got to stop being so selfish. And we have got to, like Jesus said to the disciples, and he's saying to us, I'm going to the Father. And if you knew what that meant, you would rejoice. If your loved one is sick and you know that, that they are suffering and they, they're in unbelievable pain, but we want them to stay with us. And so we, we, we do everything we can to keep them with us. And I got that and I understand that. But let me help you understand something. If you knew what it meant for that loved one to take a step from here to a step to there, you would rejoice. And you would not, am, am I right about it? You understand? You get what I'm saying? And, and, and we, we, we got to stop being so selfish because, because when a loved one dies, listen, I help, tried to help the family understand this at the funeral. When a loved one goes to be with the Lord and that person is a Christian, first of all, the Bible teaches that Christians don't die. Am I right about it? Christians. Christians don't die. We fall asleep. Christians don't die. We change addresses. We go from here to there. We change addresses. So when a Christian falls asleep, the Bible says, here's a memory verse for you. Psalm 116, 15, precious in the sight of the Lord. Anybody know the rest? Is the death of his saints. Write that down. Psalm 116, 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. If we knew what that meant, we would rejoice. And think for a moment, when a Christian dies, again, they step out of something and they step into something. They step out of this earthly, torn up, worn down, disease infested, raggedy body and they step into the presence of the Lord. They step into heaven. When a believer goes to sleep, they step out of something and step into something else. Y'all, I am from the old school and color me crazy but I still believe in heaven. Where are my people at? I believe there's a real heaven. Am I right about it? I believe there's a real heaven and I believe there's a real hell. And when you step into heaven, when you go to sleep, see, if we knew these things, we would rejoice. 
If we had this understanding in our hearts, we would rejoice. When we go to sleep in the Lord, we step into the presence of God, and there we find ourselves standing at the throne of God. And think about that. Think about what that loved one, I tried to tell Roger and his family and friends, what Dorothy, at the time that we were having the funeral, what Dorothy was seeing at that moment. The Bible teaches that in heaven, at the throne of God, there's a beautiful light show of colors of jasper and diamonds and red rubies and emerald green emanating from around the throne of God. And there's no more sickness. Can I get a witness here? There's no more sickness and no more sadness and no more sorrow and no more doctors and no more pain pills and no more breathing machines. As they were telling me, they had to have the breathing machine. They had to heat up the water and give her hot water, tea, hot tea, to, and take the hot tea and get the suction machine to get the hot water out the cup, the hot water down her throat so it could break up the mucus and then take another tube and take that and, and, and put it down her throat to suck out the mucus. Don't y'all understand there's no breathing machines and suction machines in heaven. Anybody glad about that? No breathing machines and suction machines in heaven. No more constantly turning them over from the bed sores. They call it the cubitus ulcers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You lay in the bed for so long, and if your, if your skin um, uh, lays against anything for too long, you, you'll start to develop an ulcer, and that ulcer can get so bad that it turns into an infection, and so they, it would turn you off. And nowadays, they've got all these fancy beds that move, and the mattress moves around so your body doesn't you know, stay in the same position at the same pressure point for, for that long. But they had to turn her over. No more of all of that in heaven. Revelation 21, 4 tells us, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death and no more sorrow and no more crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. And saints, you know, I always tell you the best thing about heaven, the best thing about heaven is not the, 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 the pearly gates, the walls of Jasper 2, the, the, the beautiful colors, that's not the best thing about heaven. Peter standing at the gate, that ain't the best thing about heaven because y'all know Peter going to be at the gate. Y'all know, if Pe- y'all know every, every story you hear, it's like, hey, did you hear the one about Peter at the pearly gates? <laughs> Look, if Peter ain't at them gates, I'm going to be disappointed. I'll be walking around, where's Peter? Where's Peter? I heard about Peter. I mean, he ain't about Peter for 54 years. Where's Peter? I tell you, the best thing, and maybe somebody can say amen to this, the best thing about heaven is that God is there. That's the best thing about heaven, that God is there. Wherever, you've heard me say this before, wherever God is, that's heaven. If God were at the super Walmart, that's heaven. Are you with me? Because wherever God is, there's heaven. And if we only knew that, we would rejoice. Roger had this strange peace. I've seen that before in many Christians, and we should have, because Christians, we have the hope of heaven. We know that when a loved one dies, they go to be with the Lord. 
And we don't sorrow as the world. So are you listening? We don't so- are you listening? We don't sorrow as the world sorrows. We don't grieve like the world grieves because we have the hope that one day, if you know Jesus Christ, you too will step out of something into something else. You'll step into the presence of the Lord. You have that hope. And Roger had that. He had that straight. He had a very strange peace. We had a funeral service on, or I call it a going home or a celebration service on Thursday night. And then Friday morning, I'd never done one of these, but I did this time. Friday morning, 8 o'clock, we had the committal service. And, uh, you know, that's where you uh, put, put uh, the body in the ground. And you refer to it as the body because that body is not Dorothy. That loved one that you put in the ground, that's not your loved one. That's not your auntie. That's not your uncle. That's not your mama. That's not your daddy. That, that's not them. That's the body that they lived in. That where they are, if they knew the Lord, they're in the presence of the Lord. And the Bible says in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. So when that body goes in the ground, that's just a temple. It's just a tabernacle. It's just a dwelling place. It's just a temporary dwelling place for, your, for the real you to live. You're not looking at me. Y'all looking at me like I'm not? <laughs> no, you're not. Looking at me, the real me is my spirit, is my soul. You're looking at the body that my soul is living in. The body is wearing down fast. But it's all I got. Where my people at? It's all we got. Work with what you got. Amen. We put that body in the ground. There was a strange confidence and a peace about Roger. And I think that Roger knew, as we all should know, if we only knew what awaits us on the other side, we would rejoice. This is what Jesus said to the disciples. Did y'all get that? And and, and I shared with the family that Dorothy, honestly, if she had a choice to come back to this earth, I don't think she would. She'd probably say, I love y'all, but peace out. <laughs> peace. Like, oh, I want her back here. Yeah, but well, she don't want to come back. And I told y'all, Pastor Rodney dies, one of y'all holy, sanctified, spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, Christians come up and try to pray me back to life. I told you, if I come back, I'm going to punch you in the head. <laughs> if I come back, I'm going to write that down. If I come back, I'm going to punch you in the head. I'm be like, oh, Lord, bring him back, Lord. We need him, Lord Jesus. Bring him back. I'm going to come back and go. <laughs> of course, I got a bad arm, so I'll be like, come close, come close. <laughs> Because I don't want to be here. Somebody clap your hand and say, me neither. No, we don't want to be here. Who wants to be here? Want to be in the presence of the Lord. The disciples were finding it difficult to rejoice because they could only think of what Jesus going away meant to them. Y'all get me? They never thought about what going away meant meant to Jesus. Jesus said, y'all pray for me. Jesus said, if you love me, 
you will rejoice because I said, I go to the Father. Look at verse 28. Verse 28. Write this in your margins. Verse 28. Verse 28. Verse 28 is a reference to exaltation. Write that in your margins. Exaltation. In other words, if you really love me, Jesus said, you would want to rejoice because I'm going to be exalted. And I'm going home to my Father in heaven. I took on the role of a servant. I laid down my glory and all of my rights as God. Think about it. From God to servant. Think about that. From God to servant. From heaven to earth. That's a real step down, y'all. That's like going from the hood to carry. That's what I think about. The hood to carry. I mean, that's a real step down. Jesus goes from God to a servant, from heaven to earth. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.